What's up guys, my name is Josh, and thanks for joining me this week on Conversations with You, a podcast that explores and shares stories of everyday people. This week, I'm chatting with DJ. She shares her experience with addiction, loss, finding hope, and forgiveness. It's definitely a powerful one you won't want to miss. Also, stay tuned now and every Thursday for more stories from the best writers of life. You! Here we go. Hey DJ, thanks so much for joining me this evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you, thank you. So I'm sure you're like, what the hell are we doing? A little nervous, a little awkward. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all good. So the reason I wanted to do this was because as I've gone through my self-discovery journey, I've realized that I didn't have to do it all alone, but we as humans are kind of groomed to do it alone, right? Yeah. And we kind of isolate ourselves when things happen. And we think we're the only one that's going through things and we're the only one that's feeling what we're feeling. So we do it alone. And what I've realized is if we just talked about it and talked about our issues and talked about, you know, what we're dealing with, that other people may be able to relate. And I felt it very important to do this series just to you know share some different stories of people from all walks of life and hopefully somebody will get something out of it and i find your story pretty interesting so i want everybody else to hear it um so dj what's your story (laughs) (laughs) that awkward laugh yeah here we go again okay so yeah you know my childhood probably wasn't the greatest given the circumstances um i believe i was seven whenever we were taken away from our parents by cps Mm. and we were put in care of our grandma who raised us pretty much right but like even before that living with my parents it wasn't great you know like my dad was abusive my mom wasn't really around that often they both were on drugs all the time Often our oldest sister is the one who would take care of us, get us up for school, make sure that we actually went. And like going to school was actually something that we looked forward to because it meant we got to get away. That you was know? like your escape. Yeah. And like sometimes that was the only time we ate was at school. Like we would go nights without dinner. We would go days without seeing our parents. Like if they came out, it, like you would get happy to see them. But yeah, it was never a good thing, you know. Right. So like you wouldn't. It wasn't that happy feeling, you know? Right. But, yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> Lots of good memories. Yeah, sounds, yeah, sounds like a blast. Yeah. So how do you, at that age, kind of process that? Let's see, this is something I'm learning in therapy right now, actually. Oh, so you're in therapy. Yeah, I've been almost two years now. And November, it's going to be two years. I go okay. every week, once a week. But... See, when you're younger, you take everything personally and you think everything's your fault. So, like, for me, I remember a lot of the times being like, why don't my parents love me? Why can't they be better parents? It must be my fault. You know, like, oh, my dad's upset again. It must be something I did, even if I wasn't even around when he got mad. You know, like, I kind of brought everything to me being the reason why things were the way they were, you know, and, like, blamed myself for it. And so, like, growing up, I also kind of took that with me because – Whenever we were taken away from CPS the day of, 
I was actually brought into the principal's office to talk to the counselor because they had overheard a conversation between me and a friend about our parents fighting and stuff. Mm -hmm. And when we were in there, she was just asking me all these questions about our family and our parents and our lifestyle, this and that. And I was only like six or seven. So like, I didn't think anything about it. And so like, I was just telling her everything. And then whenever we got home from school that day, they knocked on the door and they were like, hey, we're CPS, you know, whatever, whatever. And, you know, our grandma knew the situation and I had told her that I was the one who told them and she still like kept that between us, you know? Yeah. Cause like, and the fact, but also the fact that she kept it between us made me feel like it wasn't something that I could tell my sisters or tell anybody, you know, like right. on the reason why, you know, back to that. Right. So you kind of blamed yourself for it. Yeah. For a long time I did. And up until recently did I realize that I probably did a really good thing, you know, like by saying something and getting us out of that situation rather right. than not saying anything. And who knows how long it would have kept going, you know, or how bad it would have yeah. gone. It was pretty bad. <laughs> so did your grandma keep that as a secret? She did. And, you know, my sisters didn't tell me that they knew until after she passed away and not until like a couple months ago did they tell me like yeah we knew it was you but she didn't tell them until she was almost like gone you know yeah because it was they started asking questions about like how did it happen this and that because she always said oh it was my oldest sister and she said it was her too yeah but it wasn't (laughs) it was almost like she had kind of taken the blame and the brunt of it to kind of shield you from it yeah but that's what she did that's what she did for all of us you know like if we were in the midst of like getting beat or whatever, she would step in and like she would take it or like she would try to stop it. And she would always get the worst end of it because she would step in, you know? Wow. But like my mom wouldn't, like she wasn't even around. I don't, I don't have a lot of memories of her being around, to be honest. Like, yeah. but she was also tucked away because of my dad, you know, like it's not her fault. Right. So how do you think all of this kind of factored in into, we're going to say like you're now your teenage years and now you're in your, early, you know, early 20s, how do you think this has kind of molded you into the person that you are or are becoming now? See, when I was younger, my sisters are a lot older than me. So they would go out and like go out with their friends or like go out of town. And like they weren't there as often whenever we moved into my grandma's house because they also got more freedom. They got to go do things too, you know. And so I was often left at the house by myself with just my grandma. And so like we spent a lot of time together and she she was my best friend, you know, like and that was the only person that I felt I had as like a support. And so whenever I lost her, I felt like I lost everything. And that kind of put me into a worse, more worse position than I already was in. So it kind of made you talisman. Yeah. (laughs) yeah so like if you don't mind me asking like what so after after she passed what started happening what triggered you to go down a bad path we'll say see like even with that situation so I was told to talk to her uh, or to say my goodbyes um one night and I didn't because I knew that if I did then then it made it real you know yeah And so I thought if I just kept pushing it back and pushing it back, that it would either just like get taken care of or, you know, just get better. It it wouldn't 
it wouldn't be real. Yeah. You were able to kind yeah. of live in a fantasy of. Like, she would still be there even though she wasn't there, you know? Right. And, like, because there was even times where I would go in there at night when everybody was asleep and, like, you know, she wasn't in the right state of mind. And so her eyes were closed and she was just, like, screaming random stuff all the time. Yeah. And I was holding her hand and she started freaking out. And she was just like, get off me, get off me, get off me. And I just kind of like whispered in her ear and I was like, it's okay, it's me, like it's me. And for like a split second, like a split second, she, she just like came back and she was like, do you know how much I love you? Like, do you know how much I care about you? And like, just like that. And then it was back to just randomness, you know? Yeah. And so like, I thought, like, if I didn't go say goodbye, like, she would at least still be here in that sense, you know? Sure. So, yeah, I was told to go say my goodbyes, and I just didn't. And then that night, I was woken up a couple hours later to being told that she had passed away. Yeah. And that made me hurt in a lot of ways. And, again, I took a lot of it personally. You felt abandoned? Mm Mm-hmm. Like... Why couldn't she wait for me to say goodbye as if she had a choice, you know? Right, right. And so I took that as if, like, I already felt as though I wasn't good enough for my parents. And then for my best friend, you know, the person that loved me the most and that I loved the most, I wasn't good enough for them to stay, for me to say goodbye to. And then I took that as... People always leave, so kind of like, what's the point, you know? Right. Whether if they choose to walk away or they don't have an option and they pass away, you know, people are going to go, so, like, why get close to them? Kind of like, what's the point in it all, you know? So you built you built a wall. I did, and, again, I felt like the only person that cared was gone, so, like, it didn't matter anymore. You know, like I had nobody to let down. I had nobody to make proud, like to be proud of, like it was just me. And so, and I didn't care enough about myself to do anything good with that, you know? Mm -hmm. So after she passed away is pretty much, yeah, when I spiraled out. Um, You mind me asking what you were doing? Yeah. So like, even before she passed away, I would, you know, sneak a beer every now and then or whatever mm-hmm. and go hide in the shed. I think we all do at that age. Yeah, and go hide in the shed or whatever and, like, think I'm getting drunk off of Seagram's, you know, like, <laughs> whatever. Or I'd take a cigarette butt off the ground and, like, ooh, you know. Yeah. So, like, whenever she had passed, it was just kind of like, well, why not? You know, like, right. what's the point? So I started going to parties. I started popping whatever was given to me. I started smoking, started drinking. It was just kind of like anything and everything to numb what I was feeling, you know? And then, I don't know, it just got to the point where I was always numb, like always. And you were just numb to everything. Everything. I had no empathy. I had no sympathy. I had no, like, emotion. I had no care, like, I was just here, you know, and like every day I hated waking up. I was pissed that I was awake for another day and that I had to do this again tomorrow. You know, like it, it, I would just sit in bed and cry that I fucking woke up, you know? So you, I mean, you were existing. I was. You were sleeping to then get up to exist, to then go back to sleep. And even when I get up, it was never to like 
help myself, you know, like it yeah. was, okay, I'm going to get up today and then I'm going to go get fucked up. And then I'm just going to knock out somewhere, you know, like it was always the same thing. Right. And like, like, I don't know, you get to the point. It's like, you were almost numb. I mean, you were numb to everything as it was. So like, you just were numb to be existed. Yeah. I didn't want to be here, you know? And yeah. like at 15, I tried to kill myself and I tried to overdose on pills and it didn't happen, you know? And even then I was like, I can't even fucking die. Like, what yeah. is this? You know, like, and I mean, that's a dark place to be. It, it is. And like, whenever I moved out and I went to college, it only got worse because I had more freedom, more space, nobody looking over my shoulder, you know? So then it was like, okay, this is real. Yeah, and then I got in trouble with the law. And I was like, oh, they're really taking me to jail. Like, I'm an adult now. This is real life. Like, But did that shake anything in you? Or it was like, okay, well, I'm out. If I get out, then I'm just going to go back to the same old shit. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care, you know? Yeah. I was like, okay, what now what? You know, like, it, it didn't matter. Like, nothing mattered. Nothing mattered. Like, I remember when I was, like, 15, 16, and my sister's constantly telling me, like, for your 21st, we're planning a funeral rather than a birthday party. Because, like, we don't think you're going to make it. Like, as reckless wow. as I was living and as careless as I was living, I, like, I didn't see it. You so know? how does a 20, like, a 20-year-old process your sister saying, we're planning your funeral? I believed them. And I didn't. When I turned 21... I felt really stuck. And that's when I decided to go to therapy because I didn't think I was going to make it to 21. And I was okay with that, you know? And so like when I did, I was just kind of like, well, fuck now what? Like I didn't plan on making it this far. So was there a point where you said, I can't do this anymore? Yes. <laughs> yes. Can you, do you mind sharing that? Like what happened to get you to that point where you're just like, I, I can't do this anymore. It was a several things leading up to it, but one specific night I had taken Adderall, like maybe two Adderalls, and then we went to go get Coke and it wasn't Coke. And the dude gave us what was meth and we wow. didn't know it was meth. Wow. Yeah. And so I took a line and I was like, dude, like, I'm not sure about that, you know? And he was like, no, it's Coke, whatever. I only did a line of it because I was already on Adderall and I went home and my girlfriend at the time came over and like that was a very toxic situation, you know, and I ended up finding out that night that she had been cheating on me for the 10th time or whatever and being messed up on Adderall and meth, you know, and then being in that emotional like state I was just sitting on the, against the wall in my closet on the floor, like literally pulling my hair. And I was like, I cannot do this. Like, I can't live like this. Like, I hate this person that I am. I hate the person that I've been. Like, I hate every single day, you know, like, I don't want to do this. If I can't die, if I can't get out of here, then like, I have to do something about this, you know? Yeah. And it just kind of got, it got to that point and I didn't do anything for it or about it for a while. And then, yeah, when I turned 21, that's when I seek therapy because I just felt stuck. I was like, I really didn't think I'd be here. 
So did you feel like therapy was going to be your saving grace or did you feel like you needed to address the demons that got you there? I needed to address the demons because my mind was getting very dark again and the sense of like other people, you know, and like I didn't like where my mind was headed and I didn't like where I was headed. So you recognized it. So that shows, I mean, growth in itself is yeah. I'm in this, I'm in this downward spiral, right? And now I recognize something needs to change because it's either going to be me or I'm going to die. Yeah. So you reached out for help. I did. I did. So how important do you think it is to reach out to help? Extremely. Like I didn't think I needed it. I didn't think anything was wrong with what I was doing, with how I was living, you know, like until I saw the problem. And then I didn't even want to get help because I was embarrassed. You know, I was like, Ooh, that's, I mean, that's big. Yeah. I was like ashamed of how I was and the, and how I thought and how I acted and like the person that I was, you know, and, yeah. and I thought like, you know, this is it. So like either stay in the corner or, you know, try to do different, try to be different. And since I've been in therapy, I've learned a lot. And yeah. just by understanding like what a trigger is and like how to notice it and like, you know, this and that, like it helps me understand more of who I am. And like, it helps me undo those things that I've created and carried with me for so long. Right. I feel like sometimes we don't, we think we can heal ourselves, Yeah. you know, <laughs> and that's a scary place to be because even for me, as I was going through my journey, it was, I can do this and I can do this even, you know, I can do this by myself and I can read all these self-help books and I can talk to my friends because they're going to be my <laughs> therapist, you know? Yeah. And then I just realized that I had gone as far as I could by myself. Yeah, really. You know, is. and there's so much shame in asking for help. Like, did you feel, I mean, you said you were, you, you know, you felt embarrassed. Did you ever feel anything? Like, did you kind of keep it a secret? As far as like that I was going to therapy? Yeah. At first, Yes. Just because, like, you know, like, oh, they're in therapy. They must be crazy, you know? And, like, that's something people already assumed. That's something people already said about me. So it's yeah. not something that I wanted to, like, confirm for them. So I just kind of, you know, kept it a secret for a little bit. And then I was like, what's the point? Like, I'm becoming a better person. Like, why is yeah. that a secret, you know? Why is that a bad, well, like, that a bad thing? Yeah, you know? like, why should I, like, be ashamed of that, you know? So, but, like, even going to therapy... I was like scared of being judged by her and you know and like when by I would tell her things yeah because like again I was ashamed I was embarrassed of who I was you know and so like to say some of the things that I only thought out loud to somebody else that's scary I thought that she would she would you know think I was crazy or like you know think like everybody else and it made me almost not want to do it you know but I did it because like I just knew that I had to change like I I had to and like even talking to her and like sometimes the way I would look at her after saying something, she'd be like, you're looking at me for judgment. And like, there's none. Like, I'm not here to judge you. <laughs> no, was, was, so was that like the first time in your life that you didn't really have somebody with this like preconceived notion of who DJ was? Yes. And it's refreshing, like because I can be who I actually am with her because she doesn't already assume and know or think she knows who I am, you know, so she doesn't already like put me in a cookie cutter that I don't fit, 
you know mm. like she gives me the space to create a picture of who i am for her rather than already having one made up of me wow that's I, powerful i appreciate that space like she just tells me like it's perspective it's all about perspective like just to see the same situation but from a different angle you know like it's a beautiful day. It starts raining. That doesn't mean the day's ruined. You know, like, oh, now it's raining. We're we're having fun in the water. You know, right. like it's just perspective. It like, is, yeah. Wow. I mean, that's that's pretty heavy. Like that's heavy. I mean, you're obviously your childhood was not the greatest <laughs> and you've been struggling thus far. And look look at the amount of growth you've had in just a short amount of time. Yeah, you know, it's crazy because like I know I am nothing like I was not even a year ago, let alone two years ago, three years ago, you know, like whenever I was going through all that, what really caught my attention, what really, really, really did it was I had got caught up doing some things I wasn't supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. and it ended up in like a felony charge and getting arrested and like being on the run and like this whole thing and it clicked for me then whenever my family gave up on me like because they had had enough you know this is like what the fifth sixth time i had been to jail in the last two years like so did you hate your family for giving up or did you understand at the time i hated it because i needed them and but now looking at it i completely understand you know like they had been there for me every other time that I needed them. And I kind of, you know, took advantage of that. So they said, the only way you're going to learn is if you have nothing, you know, like to figure it out on your own. So like I had to, and having everybody give up on me, like officially, even though I already thought that they had, but knowing that they officially had, it just kind of broke me. And I just like, like I said, I couldn't live like that anymore. Like I couldn't do that to myself or let alone the people that cared about me and that actually loved me. Like I was hurting them all the time too, you know? And like, again, at the time I didn't care enough that I was hurting them, let alone myself, you know? So, so are you, so now that you're in this place of, we're going to say happiness or working towards, right. Mm -hmm. Are you trying to rebuild these relationships with your sisters and your, you know, your parents or any extended family, or are you, you're just focusing on the relationship with yourself? kind of both I wouldn't say I'm trying to fix any relationship because like it's not a one-sided thing you know right but as far as like forgiving them for a lot of what was out of their control I guess yeah like for my dad I did hate him and I did blame him for who I was and how I was and the fact that I was so angry and the fact that I was so sad it was his fault you know and up until this point do I understand that he did the best that he could, you know, like he, he's a person with his own shit, with his own childhood, with his own everything, you know, like he did the best that he knew how, regardless if that was what I thought was the best or not, you know, like we're all just people going through our own things. And like, now that I have an understanding of that and I don't take it so personally as like, Oh, you just didn't love me enough. It's like, no, he just didn't know how, you know? And so like, it took a lot off of me as far as like hating him for it because I don't, you know, like he is a good person. He just has his own shit like everybody else. We're all going through silent battles that nobody knows about. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the, that's the cool thing about getting to know people and actually sharing stories of our lives is there's a lot of people out there that can relate to a lot of the things that you're saying. 
and you know as people listen to these episodes hopefully they can relate to these people you know because mm -hmm. while you were going through that i'm i'm assuming you just felt alone yeah very very alone very. do you still so now you're in a place where you're working on yourself you're evolving you're building relationships do you still feel alone sometimes but now I like remind myself, like, I'm not alone. Like I have me, you know, and like, I am enough to be around. I am a good time. Like, I don't need to have company to like bounce off of just to enjoy what I'm doing, you know, like, yeah. cause I am enough to just be by myself and like, enjoy that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So what does your life look like now? Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good smile. Yeah. No, I, I enjoy my job now. And, you know, a few months ago, couldn't say the same. I'm in a better situation. Um, I just started boxing as a hobby. Pick that up. You take your energy out on in, an opponent <laughs> or, a, a you know, a bag. a bag. Yeah, it's 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 a good workout. Like, because, like, I'm pouring sweat. Like, I literally sweat through my bra. And, like, that's a lot of sweat. And, like, <laughs> it just feels good. And, like, the whole time I'm just, like, get it out. You know, like, release that shit. Like, don't carry it with you. And, like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good release. So have you felt a difference? When I leave, yeah, I feel really good. Like, I feel, like, more energized than when I went in for some reason. But, no, I feel, like, a, definitely a release, a lighter weight every time that I leave. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it sounds like you're in a good place. Yeah. It sounds, I mean, I, I see you in front of me, you know, and I, I think you're the happiest you've ever like been. And because I know you personally, yeah. um, you know, you look healthy, you look happy, Appreciate. you know, which is a, is a beautiful thing. Um, so I have a question. <laughs> okay. This is the, the dreaded question that everybody knows they're going to get at the end of the episode. What is um, it? If you can, it's a kind of a two-parter, mm -hmm. okay? If you could describe young DJ in three words, mm -hmm. what would they be and why? Lost, angry, and afraid. Why? Lost because I had no, I really didn't have any guidance as okay. far as like, even my grandma, she wasn't very strict, you know, like she loved, <laughs> but you know, we got away with a lot. And so like, definitely lost. I had no guidance. And like, yeah. I think that was a big problem growing up. That's why I got more lost, you know, um, afraid because again, I felt like everything was my fault. And so I felt like I was only going to make things worse, no matter where I went, who I was with, what I did. So it just kind of kept me by myself. You know, I'm right. the problem. So just stay out of things and there's not a problem, you know? Right. And angry for the whole reasons. Like yeah. I remember being in school and like parent teacher day or whatever, like a school lunch and like two parents show up, you know, and like they're having a good lunch and this and that. And I don't even see mine for months or I don't even get a phone call, you know, yeah. like it made me very angry. So part two to that is if you could describe DJ now in three words, what would they be and why? Mm. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> see, I want to say a flower. It's a word, but it's also because like, I really feel like I'm blooming. I'm growing. Like I'm figuring out who I am, 
what I am and where I'm going. And so definitely a flower. Okay. I love that. Um, That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> um, I would say happy because I'm figuring out that, again, no matter the circumstances, it's perspective. So, like, I could turn any negative into a positive. And, like, just even though sometimes it's hard, like, you know, just try to take that with me, you know. And the third one, I don't know. I just say a work in progress. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, that's And that's perfect. I'm building myself right now. Like, I go on dates by myself. I spend time by myself. I cancel plans to hang out by myself. Like, I really want to love who I am. And I really want to figure out exactly who I am. You know, like, we know who we are. It's just living through your true self that's hard you know because yeah. like to be loving to be caring to be emotional is like frowned upon these days you know because like people take advantage of that but like something i'm learning is that even though they take advantage of it it doesn't mean i have to water it down you know like if i want to love everybody in the world i can do that and just because they hurt me or they hurt me it doesn't mean that i can't love as much as i want to yeah you know same thing with caring and everything else like just because they take advantage doesn't mean I can't be that, you know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That was great. Thanks. Man. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being honest. Um, and, you know, it. this has been a treat. Yeah. So just know we see you. I see you. <laughs> we love you just the way you are. So... If you want to share a story, have a comment, or a testimony you want to share, feel free to email me at conversationswithyoupod at gmail.com or Instagram me at conversationswithyoupodcast. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. Until we meet again, bye!